to the second baseman Cano. The Yankees are back on top. Oh, what a shot by Stanton. And the Yankees have taken the lead. Going back Sanders. On the track. At the wall. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pinstripe Palace podcast. We're here for episode number four. Got a lot to talk about, a lot of things that we want to cover, even though um, the World Series isn't over. You know, we want to come out with an episode. So obviously it's Ian. I'm Chris. And we got our boy Stefan on with us today to go over. What's going on, y'all? Very excited to have you on, bro. Um, if you want to give, uh, If you want to give our subscribers a little bit of knowledge about uh being a yankee fan and you know who's your favorite player currently favorite player all time uh, i gotta say aaron judge i mean he's the one who brought me into the game i mean you know as you guys know i've been a yankee fan since i was fucking born uh really got into it when i met up with you guys years ago started going to the games took a couple else had some playoff games some wild card games but you know are hoping for this next season turn it all around most definitely, and we're actually going to hit on Judge right away. Um, most, of you, most of you guys that, you know, follow Yankees baseball already know this, but Aaron Judge got snubbed of a of a gold glove. Uh, he's not even a finalist in right field, and somehow Joey Gallo got that honor, even though he didn't even play right field for the Yankees. Uh, you got Hunter Renfro from the Red Sox and Kyle Tucker from the Astros, also nominated for right field. Uh, Chris, if you want to go first and give your take on uh, why you think Judge should have been a gold glove in right field. Well, it's just plain obvious. You were saying off camera, on paper, you were saying he is the best right fielder in baseball. The man's got a cannon. He can make plays. And he can get out there and he can just blast homers. It's got nothing to do with home runs, but I mean, uh, with, uh, with gold glove. But still, that man can play. And he can. He's he's a baseball player, and it's really odd that Gallo made it over Judge. It's, it's, it just blows my mind. But the good thing, though, that came about this whole – I found it kind of funny because, like, Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox fans, like, all came together for, like, a solid 30 seconds. And we're just like, bro, why the hell was Kika Hernandez not nominated? Why was Marcus Stroman not nominated? Uh, and it was funny. I think it was Judge and Stroman. They tweeted that uh, they were. I don't. They were kind of joking, but like not joking. And they were just like, "Yo, we should start a glove company." And then yeah, they were just like, that. "Oh, I'm that was, down." That was great. That that was the funniest shit. I was just like, "Yo, like if they actually make it, I'll buy one." I don't even play baseball. <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking buy one. <laughs> yeah, nah. Uh, for me, I mean, everyone knows that Judge is so good on the offensive side. Obviously, you know. He can hit one out of the park whenever he feels like it, but he's so underrated defensively because of all the injuries in the past. But he's one of those guys that can go out there and, you know, he can run down a ball. He can make a big play in the field. And yep. for him not to be a finalist after having a fully healthy year and, you know, having the most defensive run saved of right fielders in the majors, I think that's just a, a big slap in the face to him. And I think, you know, next year he's going to come out there prove himself again and uh, make it known that he is one of the best defensive right fielders in baseball. Overall, he's probably 
top three right fielders, maybe behind like Harper and, you know, Mookie Betts. But um, other than that, I don't see there being another right fielder that's better than Aaron Judge overall. No. And it's, it's just sad to see that, you know, he didn't get that nomination. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like we said, Gallo did. And even though I don't think Gallo's going to win it, I'd be kind of happy if he did. He's the only Yankee that got nominated for a gold glove. And he didn't even play the full season in pinstripes. Um, but yeah. That judge is just, it's upsetting that judge isn't nominated. I wouldn't be upset if he didn't win it, but the fact that he just wasn't nominated is absolutely stupid. Yeah, no. Nah, we're just like, what? Why? Why? Look at this season he had. Granted, he didn't go very far in the playoffs, but still, great season, especially on defense. Made some crazy yeah. plays, robbed a few homers. And the whole world got to see his defense in the All-Star game. I mean, there was a ball hit into the gap, and most right fielders are going to let that get down. He ran over like 110 feet to make that catch. And, you know, the probability I think was like 15% or something like that to make the play. And, you know, he was able to do it in front of uh, a national, Jeez. national television, you know, oh, um, we're going to bounce from that though. Um, and go into some MLB news real quick. Um, Bob Melvin got named as the Padres manager. I know they were one of the teams that were looking at managers. They were also looking at Aaron Boone, if he didn't get uh, re-signed to the Yankees. So I think that's a better move for the Padres. I think that's something that they needed to find was a guy who really knows his stuff, who's a leader, who's a veteran manager that can get that team together after the really disappointing season that they had um, and turn things around as quick as they can. But now with him gone and uh, Oakland kind of in shambles, I think uh, Oakland is going to completely – break down their team and it's looking like Matt Olson, Chapman, all those types of guys are going to get traded out. Uh, and then what about, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, the bullpen too. Uh, oh yeah. Guys, that shit. I know you guys <laughs> heard about that. Stefan, I know we talked about this on the, yeah, phone. I know we, yeah, we briefly talked about it the other night. Peter wants I mean, to change the name of the bullpen to the arm barn. Steph, if yeah. you want to give your take on that first as our guest, let us know. Uh, I mean, I think I think it's just a tough decision. I mean, I, I think we should do what the fans want, um, not not the, just the organization. I think fans' input, you know, obviously you know how it is, Yankee Stadium. It's always crowded, always packed. I think even something as simple as the name, it's, it's going to make an impact, you know, to the Yankee community, to us, the fans. Um, I mean, what's your guys' take on that too? I mean, most definitely, I think, People are just becoming too sensitive right now. Yeah. Like yeah, the only exactly. time I really care about a cow's feelings is if it's still mooing at me at the diner when they undercook my burger. Like it's, it's like seriously, who the fuck cares about a cow? Like what is what's the cow gonna think? Oh my god, look, they're, they're calling it the bullpen. Yeah, like, sorry, I'm like, never gonna. Who fucking cares, man? I'm, it's a cow. I'm never, I'm never gonna call that the arm barn. Even if they change it, I'm still gonna talk about it as the bullpen. I don't care what they say or how they change it or what they're they not call it. Fucking change it. I mean, to if me, they do, they're soft. To me, but they're not to me it's it. always gonna be the bullpen. I just think that's the dumbest thing they could ever do. They already changed the Indians team because people are sensitive, and now. Uh, and they can't they might get, they might get sued. They, they might get sued by a roller derby team in their same city for uh name blocking. 
And I think that's hilarious. I think that's absolutely awesome because the idea of the Cleveland Guardians and the logo looked like a first grader made it. And I really hope that they do have to change it and actually think about a good team name instead of just thinking of the first one that pops in their head. Yeah. Like, it felt like that was just a little rushed. Like, the Guardians. Like, why the Guardians? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, it has nothing to do with your past. I mean, granted, the Indians is the Indians, and they could see, like, Chief, Guardian, whatever. But still, you could come to a little more creative than that, you know? Cleveland. Like, you could name yourself like the Cleveland every... LeBron Jameses, you know? Because that's all that city generates revenues. So, I don't blame them. Every sport is doing that. You guys saw what happened to uh, to the Redskins, obviously they had to change their name. I mean, it's happening everywhere. People yeah, are just Washington super sensitive. Yeah, I mean, it's a stupid name. No offense, but I mean, it's happening everywhere. You know, all sports teams, everybody's changing their name. I think people are just getting, you know, super sensitive, which is fun. You know, everybody has their own opinion, but uh, I don't know. I feel like they're just changing up tradition, in my opinion. Um, I mean, Ian, what do you think about that? The whole name changing, team name changing. Yeah, I don't I don't like it because it's a part of history. It's like, you know, that Indians yeah. team has been around since like the beginning of time almost. And, you know, that's just one of the teams that, you know, has had such a long history and such a a big passion from that city for the game. Like, you know, even when their team does bad, that city shows up, they root for their fans. You know, and you see it across all sports, the Browns, the Cavs, the Indians. They all might not be great right now, but their fans are one of the best in uh, in all. Especially sports. those Cavs you know, fans. Those Cavs fans are loyal. As yeah, Cavs fans are loyal. That city is very loyal to their teams, and they're always going to root for them no matter what. And you know, none of them hop off to you know chase any type of bandwagon team. So shout out to you, Cleveland. If any of you guys are from Cleveland, listen to this. Nice job. You know, keep doing you, and you know. Hopefully we see some good things from your Cleveland team soon, especially the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, the Indians, not, not, the, not the Guardians, because there's no way yeah, they're I mean, that's gonna. That's not stupid. <laughs> there, there no, there's no way they're winning that lawsuit now. Like I can't see them. Yeah, I'm, I see them having to change the name again, and they're gonna have to do it before spring training, because I don't think they want to have to go into a lawsuit and like really fight this out because it's not worth it. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But um enough of that. Enough of that. Because you know, we're here for the Yankees. So um spring training. Uh, That's what you want to talk about next. Yeah, we can do that because I, I want to go into some prospects that are probably gonna be up there. Obviously, I told you guys last episode I'm gonna be in Tampa in the spring uh, with my boy Stefan, who is uh down in Tampa. So I'm super excited for that. I'm super excited to see what the team is going to look like, who's going to be up there and everything. Um, I think there's a couple prospects that we are definitely going to see down there. Um, I think Austin Wells is going to be down there. Obviously, you guys know I'm a big Austin Wells guy. I think he's going to be the starting catcher for the Yankees at some point next year. I think Sanchez gets the start on opening day. But I think by July, Austin Wells is going to be ready, and he's going to be performing well enough to – uh, make a move up to the MLB roster. Um, yeah, I, I also, agree. Yeah. I also yeah. see uh, Estevan Florial being there. Yeah. Yep, uh, I've got him. i got yeah. him on my list, too. I mean, he's been up and down, up and down for the past couple of seasons, and I think that a lot of people think that Gardner's time is finally up. 
if you don't go out there and get another guy, he can definitely be that fourth outfielder that you need. Or if Aaron Hicks gets hurt again, which definitely Might isn't happen. out of the realm of possibilities, uh, he could be someone that could get plugged into starting center field because Jason Dominguez is definitely not ready. You're not going to see him in spring training. You might see him down there doing some workouts, but he's not going to play in any of the games. He's not, he's not ready for that yet. I don't think great player. He's going to be absolutely dominant someday, but I think the Yankees really need to take the time and let him own his craft and, you know, give him a little more time in the, in the lower minor leagues and, you know, slowly work him up so that, you know, the fans will appreciate it more when he gets here. Um, yeah. I think as shortstop goes, I don't think any of them are going to. No, like, if any might, of them were coming up, it might be that dude Peraza because he yeah, was pretty I don't, hot. And I don't, I don't see, I don't see Volpe Peraza. I don't really see any of them getting many at bats. Maybe they play a game or two in spring training, but I don't really think many of them are going to be out there. We might see them at spring training when we're down there, but. I don't think they're going to actually be in the games at all. No, no, I don't think so either. But it would be pretty cool, though. It would be cool to see. It would be. It would be. You know, Volpe Volpe's in the in uh, the single A right now with the Hudson Valley Renegades. Um, hopefully he's there still at the beginning of their minor league season next year because that would be really cool to go see him. Obviously, he's uh, ranked as the number one prospect in the Yankees farm system. And they released their top 10 today, and it's absolutely stacked. And it looks nothing like it did a year ago, two years ago. There are a bunch of different names out there. And it's really cool to see, but I don't think all those guys are necessarily going to still be in our farm system come 2022, because I really think that Brian Cashman is going to look to make some big trades in the offseason for some big names that we're going to go into later and that we've gone into in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got yeah, anything I don't, else? I don't. You got either of you guys? No. Nothing? I don't think so. No. All right, but so, I'm excited yeah. for spring training. Yeah. yeah Not I too bad I can't, I can't be can't there. Wait. I can't wait. It's going to be, hey, gonna be awesome. Down, I can't, man. I'm already going to South Carolina that week. <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Down, down here, it's just, it's crazy. It's it's gonna be so cool. But uh, the biggest thing that we've seen uh, in the past couple weeks, and we got some note cards here that we're gonna talk about, and we did post this on our page, is uh, Masahiro Tanaka. Um, Two years left on his contract in Japan, uh, but he does have an opt out included in. I think that um, he would be a huge piece for the Yankees. Absolutely, especially come playoffs. Man, I mean you saw how much this team missed him. Like he was only gone for a year, but you know, he's proved himself in New York. He was so good for so long. And I think if they need someone to be a proven number two behind Garrett Cole, I think that's your guy. Uh, The only way that I see him coming back is if the MLB uh, finds an agreement and doesn't lock out. If they do, uh, he'll probably wind up going back to Japan because he'll make sure that he has a guaranteed contract. Um, but got a little things on Tanaka here. Uh, he's only 32. Um, obviously, we said he's obviously played in New York before. First year was in 2015. Uh, the year before he came here in 2014, uh, when he played back in Japan, he had a career year, 
started in 28 games, won 24 and 0 mm-hmm. with a 1.27 ERA. Unbelievable. Unheard of. I mean, I know the Japan League is different from the MLB. Obviously, it's not as popular, but dominance is dominance no matter where you are. And I mean, that's just insane. He yeah. pitched he pitched about 200 innings and he gave up 30 runs all year. So he literally gave up a run per game. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, it was sad to go that when he came back and then his first game out, he loses. Uh, that it was just like, damn, like the streak yeah. is over. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, it's tough, but he had great uh, a great career in the MLB already. Seventy eight and forty six, a three point seven career ERA. Not terrible. Over That's over a thousand innings pitched, and he's uh he's only nine strikeouts away from reaching that one thousand mark. So if he was to come back and you know, he's already stated that uh, he would only want to play for the Yankees if he comes back. You know, there's a chance that when he throws the ball, probably. In, and he's uh, also stated that he's open to coming back to the majors already. So. Right, exactly. Like we said, yeah. But, um, yeah, he's open to coming back. And if he does, he would probably start the second game of the season. And he's only nine strikeouts away from a thousand career strikeouts, which, you know, if he if he comes back and he looks good. You know, that's something that he could possibly reach in his first game. Um, you know, when when the Yankees lost him in the 2020 offseason, you know, he was looking for like a, a one-year deal around 15 to $20 million. I think if the Yankees are going to get him back, I think it's going to cost them the same amount, which I'm all right with. I think they need to make that move. I think if he decides to stay in Japan, I think uh, Marcus Stroman or Kevin Gaussman is a type of guy that, could also get that type of deal from the Yankees, but I think I think they know now uh, more than ever that they need someone to be behind Garrett Cole because Jama's not going to be ready for opening day. We don't know what we're going to get from Luis Severino in 2022. He's probably going to be put on some type of inning restriction, and he's going to get shut down three-quarters of the way through the year, and then they're not going to pitch him again until hopefully they make the postseason. Um, but – I love the idea of a Tanaka reunion. I'm all for it. If Cashman's down, if Tanaka's down, let's get it done and bring him back home. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Yep, no doubt. I don't – yeah, I don't have anything left there, but, yeah. Um, so, Tanaka, yes or no, guys? Definitely, yeah, all, definitely. All yes? All yes? Definitely taking him back. Yeah, he's he's awesome, bro. He's built for the big moments underneath in the pressure in New York. Um. You know, he's made for this. We've seen it in the past. We've seen it in the postseason in New York. And, you know, we just need someone with that type of fire back in our rotation because there there needs to be someone else other than Garrett Cole that can go six, seven, eight innings every five days. You know, we need someone that could take the load off of Garrett Cole's shoulders a little bit and know that we're going to get a lot of consistency out of him. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Yep. But now that we it, we've got another pitcher that could go with Tanaka, like Garrett Cole, with when Tanaka was, was on the Yankees, like the, his last season here, he kind of turned around a little bit, but he had a little bit of a pattern sort of going where he would be like abysmal the first half of the season, and then like out of nowhere he'd be like, oh my god, this, this guy's amazing. Like, and I just that is a low possibility of happening if he's got a guy like Cole to be his number one or possibly his number two who knows but yeah I couldn't I couldn't agree more I think 
the last time that Tanaka was here, obviously he had Cole in 2020, but um, that was a shortened year. Um, in 2019, Tanaka was pretty much your your ace out there. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of pressure in New York to try to be the ace, and I think that was something that he kind of struggled with. But now that if he does come back, and, you know, we won't know this for a while, like this is going to be floating around yeah. for a while. Um, but if he does happen to come back, he's got a much better supporting cast around him, a much better offense to, you know, provide for him and score some runs. And I think with that, you know, he'll be able to calm his nerves a little bit more. He, obviously, we've said multiple times already that he's already played in New York. So, you know, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. If he comes back, I'm super excited. I'm definitely, you know, going to buy a jersey of him. I never had a jersey of him when he was here the first time, and I think that was an honest mistake. Big fan. So I definitely definitely need to get on that. And, you know, he's one of those guys who, you know, was always such an exciting guy. Like, every time he went out on the mound, you know, it was something good. But the last memory that I have of him was – uh with you, Stefan, when, uh, we, when we went to the Astros game yeah. and, uh, he looked horrible. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That was another year where we don't really know if the Astros cheated in 2019, but you know, the oh, Altuve, the Altuve covering up his Jersey and everything is definitely a little shaky, but, uh, that game four that we went to Tanaka just didn't look good. He was hanging a lot of pitches and, you know, the Astros really made him pay for it. But you know, hopefully he gets. Hopefully, tried. hopefully Tanaka gets a chance of a second resurgence in New York. That would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, we're man. gonna we're gonna move on to our next reunion, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, and uh, I love this guy. But uh, Chris, if you want to start off with your uh, pick for re- the Rizzo reunion, yeah, I I really do see it happening. I I 100 think it's gonna happen because. Uh, one of his family members was talking to somebody, some sports media, and he said that he was fairly keen to come back. And I really see the Yankees offering him a contract. And if it's not, the only way I see him not signing it is if it's like nowhere near the amount of money he wants. Like if Brian Cashman is stingy and he's like, yo, here's, here's a three year deal, like 15 million. Did you like, no, nah, I'm out. No, nah, sorry. Oh, That's he's the only definitely way. not. He's definitely not going to take that. He's not a yeah a five a five million average no value Which is, type of talent. No, that's the only way that I really he's going to he's going to get back, fifteen though. at least fifteen million oh, from a team if not twenty. Yeah, definitely. That's that's why I even brought that up because there's no way he's no no way anybody of his skill levels taking that and that's the, really the only way, like I said, I see him not coming back is if he gets a really shitty contract. That's yeah, all I, I mean, can really see. I definitely I think he's coming back. I did see the reports about the family member. I don't like that because back in 2019, when we uh, were going after starting pitching, Patrick Corbin's brother said that he was looking in New York and, you know, he's from New York and he was like, oh, like Corbin's definitely coming and it got fans ecstatic like we were like no way like we're getting Patrick Corbin and then a couple of days later he signs with the Washington Nationals and people are like dude what the hell um so I'm not 
trying to let that get into my head too much because sometimes family members say something and then it goes the completely opposite way. I would love to have Rizzo back. Um, three, four year deal. 15 it's good million. to have a lefty too. You know, yeah, I mean, we need lefty bats, but you know, fifteen million dollars a year, I'm fine with that. Definitely. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely the best free agent first baseman available because you know Freddie Freeman's going back to Atlanta. Yeah, he's, like he's, he's not, he's not, he's there's not, no doubt. Yeah. But I think if the Yankees have a chance to make the trade with the Oakland A's for Matt Olson, that's just uh, like Rizzo's here. Matt Olson's like right, right above him, like. You know, still lefty, still great first baseman, but he's younger and he costs less. And it's like, if we get the chance to get him from Oakland, it's like, that's just like, uh, hey, the Yankees are back and we're not afraid to go out and get the best guy at every position. You know, I was looking at uh, like Twitter and TikTok and all those stuff today. And I saw a video that was posted and it was like potential Yankees lineup in 2022. And it was Gary Sanchez, Matt Olson, Glaber Torres, Correa, LeMahieu, Gallo, Hicks, Judge, and Stanton. If that lineup Scary. doesn't scare terrifying. the other 29 MLB teams, then I don't know. Because if every single one of those guys can play healthy and you just get some, you know, decent guys that could get some clutch hits, you know, on your bench, then you got yourself a an offense right there. And then, you know, you already got a good bullpen. You, know, you got a decent starting rotation. You definitely want to add that proven number two behind Cole. But right now, if you get Olsen and if you get the shortstop that you want, you're fine because a year or two down the road, you got Dominguez coming up. You got Volpe coming up. I think Peraza would get traded uh, for a guy like Matt Olsen. So, you know, even though the Yankees are – very high on that guy. Obviously, they're oh, yeah. higher on Volpe. So, I think that Peraza could be expendable. Um, but, yeah, I guess we'll see. I I like the idea of a Rizzo reunion, but I would rather have Matt Olson. So, I'm going to go no on a Rizzo reunion. I think he's going to go to another team. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Boston Red Sox were one of those teams that picked him up. So my answer is no, Stefan. You're probably on Chris's side with this one, but if you want to, you know, give yeah. Me I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think he he he's he's earned this worth. Um, I think it'd be good to have him back. Um, but I mean, obviously, it comes down to the money. Obviously, what Chris said with his family. I mean, I'm not gonna feed into that. I'm not gonna get our hopes up because you know how that is in the sports world. Um, I mean, Chris, like, what are you thinking? I know you said that. It'd be good to have him back, but yeah, no, it definitely would be good to have him back. But I, after Ian brought it up, Matt Olson, that would be pretty fucking cool. That that would be cool to see. I, I wouldn't mind either of them, but Matt Olson would be pretty interesting. Yeah, and at this point, like I'm so fed up with how Brian Cashman has operated the past few years. Like I love that he got Gallo this year. It didn't really work out. I love that he got Rizzo because you know I'm a big first base guy. It kind of worked out. It wasn't great. It was better than Luke Voigt. Um, but I think if you're Brian Cashman, you have something to prove this year. You have one year left as the GM of the Yankees. And if you don't make the right moves and get the chance to get to a World Series, you're gone. So if he wants to make a big splash, 
the day the off season starts, go out there and either get yourself your shortstop on day one or get yourself Matt Olson on day one. I would be calling up as many people as you can and just start making moves. Like literally like if they want to come back and be the powerhouse that they used to be, Brian Cashman needs to go out there and go one, two, three. Correa Seeger, Matt Olson, and Masahiro Tanaka. But you know what happened Maka the last those... time you said something was going to go crazy, though? Like, oh, hey, we're not done. And then we got Andrew Heaney. And, <sighs> I mean, at first it was like, all right, like that's better than nothing. And then we saw him in his first game, and he finished with a 7.32 ERA in pinstripes. And, you know, I never want to see that guy pitch on a mound again. I hope he's seeing <laughs> that. I hope he's staying at he, home he, he and can, just like he can pitch at the sun. I really, I hope he's staying at home and he's just like depressed, like comp- contemplating life right now, because he probably has no idea what his future holds. And I really don't think that there's any major league team that would want him. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah for no sure. Shot. No shot. Um, and then we got one more reunion left. Brett Gardner. Uh, I don't think it's ha- I don't think it's happening. No, nope. I don't I think, he's, I think he's done. I I think it's gonna happen. I mean, come on, he wants to win. Give him another shot. It's, it's you know, I can't I can't see him going out. Like I can't see him going out like this. I I want. He already win. has a World Series. I want okay, him to go. I want him to go on top more than anyone does. And you know, when the Yankees lost the wild card game to the Red Sox. You know, he was the next guy on deck when Glaber Torres flew out. And I was like, man, like, what a way to possibly end your career if that's it for Brett Gardner. Waiting on deck and seeing your team get eliminated. Like, I don't know what Gardner was feeling when he went back into the clubhouse. But I do remember the media talking to him and saying that he sat there for hours with the jersey on because he didn't want to take it off. Because he doesn't know if he's going to be a Yankee again. So I would I, – I don't know. I'm conflicted. Like, I'm on both sides right here, and it's like I want him to because he's one of my favorite players, but I don't want him to because he's holding up a roster spot for younger kids to get an opportunity or someone else that we might be able to get, like a, That's a like really Adam Duvall, that is someone a good like that. Work. And, you know, as much as I love Guardy, I think his time as yeah. a Yankee player is done. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though if you know if he retired and the Yankees said, "Hey, do you want to be a coach, that or an advisor, awesome. or something like that?" So I would say if the Yankees give him a reunion, it's not going to be as a player, but something different. I would still so, like to see him as a player. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would like to see it just because Gardner is probably my second favorite Yankee, and uh, yeah, he's. It's just I was always. I, I just love going out there and seeing Gardner because he, I know he's been with this team forever and he just, he wants, he wants it. And it was, it was very, like you said, it was imagine what he feels like when he's in the dugout watching, well, not in the dugout, but you know what I mean? But he, watching yeah, I, I, his team get, get eliminated again, spanked again. I just, I feel like shunning him away, not giving him a, a chance to come back as a player. It's just it's disrespectful. I mean, I, I love the guy. And I think, you know, yeah, what Ian said, uh, you know, we can fill up that roster spot with somebody else. 
But this is a guy, you know, the last five years, I mean, we've had a stack team. I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't have not at least, you know, made it to the World Series, you know, gave it a run. And I feel like yeah, I, that I made a point toll. of that in the last podcast, too. I think that, yeah. that takes a toll on the guy. And, I mean, I'm not saying that they're not doing their best. I think, I think though, there's a point where, yeah, you got to put the bat down. You got to, you got to, your, your time is up. I think for him, his time is not up as a Yankee, as a player, you know. And I can see him coaching. Um, I just don't think his time is up as a player. Yeah, you know, the, we'll, we'll see what the future holds, though. Only, only time will tell. The only, the only way I see him coming back is if they can't find another veteran player. Because obviously, in that clubhouse, you know, he's the longest tenured Yankee. And it's like I said, if he wants to play to shine, to a, stun him away. He's a, he's a classy veteran who you know he fights every day. Like he's a dog. You know he goes out there and you know he fights Does for his, his he, he fights for his team every day, and he's probably one of the hardest workers you'll ever see. Yeah, he puts his heart into the game. And I, I got one more guy um, that I'm gonna do for a reunion real quick, and. Some Yankee fans are going to hate this. I don't think he's coming back as a player either. Um, but I think because we don't have any base coaches and he was such a threat on the base pass when he was a player, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. I think he comes back as a base coach. Um, and I think you got to get those guys. I saw, I don't, I, I think it was a Marlins or something like that that brought Eric Young Jr. in as a first base coach. And I think it's just so smart that you're getting guys that prove themselves in the MLB to be like the fastest players and like the smartest players on the base pass to be your coach. And I think Ellsbury is one of those guys that could really help the Yankees, you know, get some extra bases, make some big plays um, and, you know, get a couple extra runs with your legs. You know, the, the Yankees didn't show up as one of the fastest teams or like, one of the teams that would threaten the most to steal bases, but they're not slow. Like they have guys that can steal bases and can probably run pretty well. Judge can cover a lot of ground in the outfield. Tyler Wade is fast. Aaron Hicks is fast. You know, you got guys that can run the base. Like Glaber Torres is fast. You got guys that can run the bases. It's just like you need someone on that field with you to say, hey, Look for these signs in a pitcher. You know, look at his mechanics and figure it out. You know, figure out when you're going to go. And I think Ellsbury's one of that guy because, you know, you know, he stole 40 bases in a season or 50 bases in a season. You know, there were multiple times where he stole home on certain pitches. Like, you know, multiple times throughout his career where he legged, legged out a triple because, you know, he turned on the burners right away instead of, you know, jogging it out. You know, that's the type of guy that I want to be a coach so that we can feel more comfortable about running the bases and making the right decisions on the I base agree. Path. It's a good point. So, I don't I don't think it's gonna happen, but I that, think that one that one kind of came out of left field. It too. would be cool. <laughs> it definitely was... it definitely would be cool. And it's gonna tie into you know our next segment here with uh, the vacate vacant uh, coaches roles got a lot to say about this one i think somebody you you guys are both gonna like this i think um i think it's actually really uh a cool segment that we're gonna have 
Lay it on us. Obviously, we have a bench coach to fill, a first base coach, third base coach, and a hitting coach. A lot of stuff. You know, obviously, it's going to take a lot of time. Um, but I think for the Yankees, you hired Aaron Boone back because you're comfortable with him. You think he can win a World Series. I'm all for it. If they trust yeah. him, if they trust him, fine. Like, you know, just bring a World Series back to the Bronx. That's all I need. But I think there needs to be someone that sits next to Aaron Boone and talks in his ear to help him make the decisions because I don't think that he can necessarily do it on his own, but it needs to be someone that's not Brian Cashman and not Hal Steinberg. There needs to be someone who has managerial experience, who's been with the Yankees before and can help Aaron Boone. And I think that guy is Buck Showalter. Seen that rumors a couple of weeks ago, thought about it, you know, really let it like dive in. Um, and I think there's no better option for a bench coach if you want to get someone with experience and someone that can help Boone and kind of be like a second manager, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I, 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 I could see. Yeah, you could call it that. You could definitely call it that. Yeah, I mean, they did it with Joe Torre when he managed the Yankees and they won five World Series because he had Don Zimmer barking in his ear every, every inning or two. And he was like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. And Tori just sat there, let Zimmer do the talking. And then Tori would just point the fingers when he needed to. But, you know, Zimmer was really the manager just without the title. And I think Buck Showalter could be the same way with Aaron Boone. Yeah. Um, what else you, know, you got? Uh, well, just some things I said. Showalter was a great manager, very old school style. Obviously, you know, he used to manage the Yankees. He used to manage the Orioles. I think he's a great fit for Aaron Boone because, you know, Buck can teach him a lot. And he can probably learn, you know, some things about Aaron Boone and, you know, the way that he's trying to coach these guys and, you know, about the decisions that, you know, Boone has made in the past. Um, next guy I got is a clubhouse advisor. This is more of like a, a coach for Garrett Cole. Like just a guy to, to mentor Garrett Cole because it's like, Matt, Matt Blake is a great pitching coach, but he's never stepped on the mound in the MLB. So he doesn't know, like, he doesn't know what it feels like to be pitching in a playoff game or a World Series game. You need a guy who has been there and done that, who, you know, when the going gets tough and your stuff isn't there, what is plan B? Like, what's, what is your backup to go off of? And for me, the two guys that you have to go after – and try to ask our CC or David Cohn. Yes. Both guys played for the like Yankees. Mm -hmm. Both guys played for the Yankees. Both guys were aces for the New York Yankees. If anybody knows how to pitch in the playoffs, it's those two guys under the bright lights of New York. They did it for so long. They were so good when they did it. And they could help Garrett Cole out so much because if one of the two of them were there in that game in Boston, I think there would have been a different outcome. I think after that first inning, when he knew that his stuff wasn't there, they would have been like, yo, like, this is what we're going to do, like, ABC, and this is going to help you get your out, and this is going to help you get through four, five, six innings, whatever it is. You know, luckily for us, it wasn't a complete blowout. Cole did not look good, but, you know, the bullpen looked decent. You know, Clay Holmes definitely mopped up his mess and everything. You know, the offense just – was hit 
hit or miss. And, you know, it was obviously a miss that night. We still rely too much on the home run ball. And thank God Marcus Thames is out because he was laid just a, a home run coach. Like he wasn't a hitting coach. He was laid a home run coach. Um, and that's going to lead me into our hitting coach finally. So CC Sabathia, David Cohn, mentored, mentored Garrett Cole, help him out because, you know, that last month and a half, you know, they say he had a hamstring injury. Then when they got eliminated and Brian Cashman did a press conference uh, when they re-signed Boone, he went through all these injuries and Garrett Cole's name never came up. So it's like, wow, mm. like Garrett Cole must have really just had a bad day. You know, I never noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he must have just – and it wasn't like a really a bad day. It was like – that was a bad like two months for him. Like the final two months of his season – were absolutely horrendous. And if there's any reason for him to not win the Cy Young Award, that's the reason why. And I know uh, I know this isn't a Mets podcast, but I just got an alert uh, that the Mets have just parted way with their uh, with their GM. So wasn't another... he the guy that got arrested drunk driving? Yeah, yeah, that's the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So the Mets the Mets are falling apart in front of our eyes and we love every minute of it. It's absolutely great. They're literally falling apart. They have no manager, no GM. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. They can't Shows, do anything. They can't do anything with free agents the until they get someone now. to until they get a GM, they can't make any moves. So keep doing you Mets. You know, just keep keep crumbling in front of uh Baseball fans' eyes and yep, just keep know, pulling the Yankees. All other all other twenty nine yep. uh all other twenty nine MLB franchises will keep giving you a thumbs up. Um, Participation so with, trophy. With that, sorry to get off topic. I just thought that was kind of <laughs> kind of cool that I got that notification right now uh, because you know obviously the Mets suck. Uh, hitting coach Nate Thompson. Under the radar name, he was there. Uh, Last year, when the Tigers needed a new manager and um, they were looking at Marcus Thames and the Yankees were like, oh, well, if Thames walks, we need to get someone for hitting coach. And his name did come up. Obviously, A.J. Hinch wound up becoming the manager of the Detroit Tigers. So Thames wound up sticking around for another year, which obviously wasn't the right decision. But this guy, Nate Thompson, has been with Arkansas, I think, for seven years or so, they said. And the team has led their conference in 11 offensive categories each year since he's been there, top two in 15 stats. Um, in their first 16 games this year, the team had a 310 batting average, 118 runs, 33 doubles, and 21 homers. Um Obviously, like we said, you know, they led the SEC in 11 offensive categories. Um, from 2018 to 2020, they led the conference in average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, runs, home runs, extra base hits, RBIs, total bases, and sack flies. Their total team stats for the year, which were 63 games, 267 batting average, 387 on-base percentage, and, you know, a 42 slugging percentage. They had 109 homers, 433 ribbies, over 1,000 total bases, 
And the yeah. one that really stuck out to me was that they went 44 of 53 uh, on stolen base attempts, which is over 83%, which is – That's crazy. Solid. Mm-hmm. Solid. And that's something that the Yankees need that they haven't had for years is, like, a, a run game. Like, I think, I think this is a guy that could change the whole dynamic of the Yankees offense and go from the home run hitting team to a overall good offense that can do the small ball can hit the home runs when they want. Stanton and Judge are you guys that are going to blast the home runs. They're both going to hit 30 home runs a year if they're healthy, at least. Those should be your only two power hitters in the lineup. I know you guys have Joey Gallo. That's fine, whatever, because you need the lefty. But everyone else in that lineup, the next six guys, should all be able to be average and on-base guys, guys that can just work the count, have long at-bats, make a pitcher work, and just get on base any way they can, whether it's having a bunt, base hit, walk, whatever it needs to be. Those need to be the other six guys that you fill this team with. But Nate Thompson looks like he could be a great option. Yeah, that would be freaking sick. If he could lead a college team. Yeah, I mean, obviously we haven't heard anything. Uh, Probably not going too far a while. I haven't even heard, like, really any rumors coming out. But we're probably not looking, going to for a while, though. Yeah. With with the lockout and everything, you know, if that does happen. I hope not. Which, yeah, I hope not either, because I really don't want to have to wait until February to figure out who our shortstop is going to be. Um, we need to figure out a hitting coach, though, first. I think if we can get that done before they open up the free agent pool, that would be absolutely huge for the Yankees. Um and then the last thing I got for coaches, obviously we kind of talked about the first and third base coaches. Um, Gardner is another one that I talked about before, so I'm not going to go more into that. We talked about Ellsbury. Uh, Ron Washington, currently a third base coach for the Atlanta Braves, but I think it's looking more and more like he's going to become a manager again and looking like he might get the spot in Oakland next year. So you know, kudos to you if you get that. You know, you were – he was a great manager way back when for the Texas Rangers when they were, like, one of the top teams in the American League. Um, but I could see him, you know, if he doesn't want to manage again, you know, maybe the Yankees can steal him from Atlanta. I don't know. Uh, just an option out there, though. Uh, Willie Randolph is another guy, you know, former player of the Yankees, used to manage the Mets. You know, just another guy that could be out there that knows a lot about baseball. Uh, that could be someone that could bring a lot of knowledge to the younger players that we have on the team or the guys that, you know, don't have a full set of, like, tools in their bag. Like, they're just either a power hitter or contact hitter. Maybe he can, you know, form together some guys that could, you know, turn out to be five-tool players. Uh, and then I have Kevin Euclid. Red Sox legend came over to the Yankees for a little bit. Um, We're going to call why I put him Sox, here is because, We're gonna call someone on the Red Sox a legend. That's mm, that's brave. I mean, he was, he did was. Like, that's brave. But he did play for the Yankees and he went to Japan, but he fits the bill. He's bald. Almost every base coach <laughs> in the MLB is bald. So, so there you go. Stupid. You definitely I'm gonna ignore bill. you said that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna just forget. <laughs> so, you yeah. yep. forget about that. So, yeah. So, oh my god, that was good. That was good. Needed needed that laugh real quick. Um, 
You got against bald people. Chrome dome. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, look at them, bro. Like, literally. Oh, don't I say can, anything, man. You're about I to get cannot, Frank upset. I cannot name a single base coach in this league that has a head of hair. I don't know a single one. They're all bald. They're literally all bald. Bald people in here. They're going to start yelling at you. I mean, hey, sorry. Frank, Frank might be watching, I, man. I don't have anything against Bo- <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> little Frank. Where are you at? Ah <laughs> oh, man, wow, that's crazy. I don't have anything against ball people. That's just you know that's really like bald a stereotype. Phobic, like, bald phobic. I, I feel like it's like yeah. when, you're, when you're applying to be a base coach, it's like requirements, and then the first thing says must be bald in all caps. All right. <laughs> that's just funny. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, those are those are the people that I think could, you know, fill the vacant roles. Um, I think that would be ideal for the Yankees, but obviously I'm not Brian Cashman. I have nothing to do with the Yankees, so. I kind of wish we just, you were Brian Cashman because you make the smartest moves possible. I mean, yeah, I just try out here. You know, I actually do my research instead of staying in a little hobbit hole all winter. <laughs> but whatever. All right. We are going to go into our uh, favorite segment. Started this last week. Where are the gavels at? Oh, I got them right here. Fuck a gavel. Guilty as charged. Here we go. Gary Sanchez is on the stand for this one. And Stefan, you're basically going to be the judge for this. Uh, So, Chris, if you want to, you know, plead your case of – Gary Sanchez, and then, you know, after you, uh, you know, we can discuss it a little bit, then I'll go into mine. Here's the short answer. If you, here's the, here's, here's the short answer. You ready? It goes a little something like this. Na, 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 hey, goodbye. Hopefully we don't get, hopefully we don't get copyrighted for that, but okay. We're not, we we won't. (laughs) I was singing it out of key. Anyway, um, definitely. Uh, he's going to the hounds. He's he's out. He's gone. I'd rather see Higgy start over him. I, I don't. I don't even need a reason. Like, dude can't catch anything that's not in the strike zone. He his offense is like crazy bipolar, but like off his meds bipolar. And I, I'd rather see Higgy start over this clown any friggin' day. I'm getting pissed. I. I, I Play like you deserve. Play like you want a World Series. Play like you want to at least make the playoffs. I didn't see that out of Gary Sanchez, especially not in the latter half of the season this year. I don't know why we haven't started Higgy over him more, but definitely get this guy out of the pinstripes. I don't want to see it again. What do you think? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna bring something real quick. You, you, you know what this is. I think Stefan might know what this is, but. Oh, you're biased. <laughs> this is uh, this is Grandpa's hat. And oh this man, is, this is my pa. You know, and uh, his favorite player was Gary Sanchez. I don't know. Don't know why. how. I really, I really don't know. Like he loved that guy. He always defended him. And it's crazy to think that after all this time of bashing Gary Sanchez and being a huge awesome Wells guy, I actually have something to defend him by. Um. And that's that right now he's so lucky because the free agent catcher market is absolutely horrendous. 
and it's so thin of like good players to come by that Gary Sanchez is still going to be here in 2022. Yeah, just don't – I'm fine with that. And for a little a little bit fine with that, but just don't start him, please. Yeah. So uh, here, here, here's my here's my defense. If I'm, if I'm Gary Sanchez's attorney – This better uh, be good. He's yeah, one of the best yeah. – You're going to jail. So, this better be good. Since he's yeah. been in the league, he's been one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. Obviously not average-wise, but, you know, he averages over 20 homers a year. You know, he had stretchers where he looked like he was going to go in the right direction. Obviously, uh, Chris, when we went to the second game of the season, you know, he hit another home. He hit one opening day. Then he hit another one in the game that we went to. And literally, I mean, I got a ball that game. You know, it was yeah, like I got a, a ball that game, too. It was like a, a month, a month or so after my grandpa had died. And that was the first ball I ever got at an MLB game. And then Gary Sanchez hit a home run. And I, that's when I knew I was like, wow, like, you know, Pa is definitely here right now. And I was like, and he's definitely loving, I was like, he's definitely loving every second of this. And, you know, that was when it was like, oh my God, is Gary Sanchez going to turn around? And then he fell right back to earth the next day. And we're like, yep, there's the Gary, we know. (laughs) Yep. I think he went like 0 for 4 with like three strikeouts. And we're like, yeah, that's the Gary that I remember. And all years it was ups and downs, but, you know, he still hit 23 home runs, which was, you know, I think top five in all of MLB for catchers. Uh, he only had 54 RBIs, but, you know, the entire Yankee team was down in RBIs. Like, you know, they weren't getting people on base, so there weren't opportunities to drive in runs. It was like you hit a home run or we weren't scoring a run. Like, that was pretty much it. Um, his arm is top three, if not the best in MLB. Obviously, he's not great behind the plate, but when someone goes to steal a base, he might have one of the most lethal arms in baseball and one of the most accurate arms to second base. And he can gun down any runner, no matter who it is. Um, and his overall defense can't get any worse. It's already at rock bottom. So it's like, you can only get better. I think, I think he needs to go back to catching on two legs. I don't like the idea of him catching on one to try to block more pitches. I think you got to deal with it, you know, for the next couple of months that he just isn't a good blocker, but you, you can't catch on one leg. It's not, it's not good. It's it's a lot more difficult than you think. Yeah. And you're not going to get as many calls and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen if there's going to be robo umps or anything, but it's like, if there are robo umps, you're not getting away with any type of framing call. So it's like you might as well just make your catcher know how to catch the ball in the strike zone and just catch the ball in general because Gary Sanchez can't really do that. But Mm-mm. he has he has no mobility when he's on one leg. He can't move around. He has no lateral movement at all. So go back to two legs. Take your L when he can't get down and block the ball. Like, it's going to happen. Um, but just know that Austin Wells is coming, and he's coming for that catcher spot, whether it's sometime in 2022 or in the beginning of 2023. I hope it's sooner. Um, but no matter what, Gary Sanchez's time is very slim with the Yankees. But I think that he's good enough still, and he's better than I'm any glad catcher. You think that way. And he's better than any catcher available I thought I was on the market before. right now. 
You are the judge. Yeah, I'm still explaining. He's better than any catcher that's on the market right now. Um, so I just see him staying here. Like, there's there's nowhere for him to go right now. Chris? Other than straight to the freaking free agency and no one's going to look at him, which I wouldn't mind. I, I don't think that's true. I feel like if the Yankees were to release him, someone will get him. And yeah. if, there's like, if there's like a universal DH rule that comes into effect, the National League team would jump on him. I think it's just the pressure in New York and the criticism that he's got has finally got to him, and he just can't handle it as much because he knows he's getting criticized. And, like, I mean, you you can feel bad for the guy, but you really can't. It's like it's been going on for three to four years, but it's like he's still going to be the Yankees catcher in 2022. Go ahead, Chris. Give give your give your final thoughts before Stefan can uh, No, I mean, that's yeah. that's all I got. Just get this guy out of the starting positions. We don't need it. Getting sick. Of, I'm getting sick of watching it. And it's it, it's just sad. It's just really sad, especially the last half of the season. The last few games, I should say, were uh uh, mm. I mean, yeah, I think I went to like seven games this year, and the first game he hit the right. home run. Yeah, and then that after that, I don't even think he got another base hit anytime I went to a game. No, yeah, he uh-huh. struck out. I think every time he was at the at the plate when we saw him against Miami on like the, the game to force the wild card. I don't think he got. I, th- I think he struck out every single time. I could be wrong, but I think he struck out every single time. I wouldn't be surprised. I definitely wouldn't put it past him. It's Gary Sanchez. Um, my last thing was, you, you know, and I already kind of said this, but you stick with Gary until Austin Wells is ready. I hope that's sooner because I really think this guy is going to be an absolute beast. And he's yeah. a left and he's a left-handed hitter. Can't go wrong in Yankee Stadium with a left-handed hitter. Definitely not. And Especially overall, he's just a good catcher. <laughs> no, so yeah, hopefully he's up soon. I hope he gets the chance to be at spring training. I would love the chance to maybe get to meet him and, you know, get a little video of, you know, talking to him and put it on the podcast. That would be pretty dope. That would be pretty sick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Austin Wells, if you're out there anywhere, if you ever want to listen to this, big fan. If you want to, you know, give me a signed jersey maybe someday or something. <laughs> All right. You're, you're, pushing, your you're pushing your luck now. I'll get donations. <laughs> <laughs> hey, donations are accepted, guys. If, if any fans want to give us anything – yeah, please, definitely. Yeah, you could, you could DM you could DM us and uh, I I send really us whatever you want. I I really don't like the idea of opening a PO box though because like seriously, <laughs> you don't know we don't know what we're gonna get in that. You know, we could just it's gonna be hate mail. It's gonna be human poop. Like, <laughs> you don't know what we're gonna get. Wow. Like, we are like from the Red Sox fans. It'll be like just straight up. They're sending us like some kind of like a gummy dicks in a bag or whatever the hell you <laughs> that's wow, yeah all right next 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 uh so stefan you gotta Ugh. you gotta you, you're mean... the deciding factor here Ugh. no where where does the judge stand uh, on gary mean, sanchez you you of all people know how i feel about that man i mean i literally call him bowser every time i fucking see him <laughs> i mean that man enrages me I, I, I'm not going to lie, though. This year, I think he turned it around. He did. 
he played pretty well compared to the past <laughs> three years. But do you, I even, mean, do you even watch Yankees baseball? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm no, I'm comparing him <laughs> to the last couple of years. I just, I, I want him out of here. Honestly, I, I just, mean, he gave he gave it his best shot. There's I, just so I many. That's what's if that's his best shot, I'm very, very, very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very disappointed. Also, <laughs> I mean, either. I'm sorry, but it's like you're you're not going to get a 300 hitter out of Gary Sanchez. So if you're going to have to take the 20 home runs and take a 200 average from him, whatever. I mean, we're going to get, he's going to be gone at some point. It's just when obviously the, obviously the sooner the better, but he needs to be now. Yeah. I think, I think he's done. I just, I can't take any more seeing his fucking stupid face. Just, I don't know. I say he's, Innocent, not guilty or not guilty? Guilty. Yeah, he's guilty. We're getting him guilty. out of here. <laughs> Get him out there of here. Go. We don't want there, him. There we go. Guilty as charged. Gary Sanchez, sorry. Please don't beat us up. You, <laughs> you see us on the street, don't beat us up. You're getting you locked up, bud. You're getting locked up. You're getting, th- you're getting thrown. <laughs> you're getting thrown to the hounds, it looks like. That's my guy. I, I, wish, I, ha- I wish I had a sound of like, you know, like, Angry dogs barking or something. Maybe next time, you know. But yeah, Sanchez thrown to the hounds. Sorry, I try. I tried to defend you, Gary, but it's kind of hard to defend you when you sucked for so long. All right. Final segment of the day: the CBA agreement between MLB and the players. New deal needs to be done before. December 1st, 11.59. If not, MLB goes down into a lockdown. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on with, you know, pitchers, you know, and the sticky stuff and, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, Chris, do you think a deal gets done before December I hope 1st? so. I really do hope so. I really don't know too much about this. Uh, I, I have to really look into it more, but I really hope they do. But still, if it's still not going to be – agreed upon just because of the pine tar or whatever the hell it is. That's just so fucking stupid. Like, isn't that shit technically cheating? Like, Oh, isn't it like actually cheating? I mean, you could say that, but it's like, everyone does it. Like players put pine tar on their bat. So it's like, you know, pitchers are going to use a rosin bag and they're going to put probably pine tar on their neck or on their hat, you know, somewhere it's just about trying to cover it up and, you know, Every pitcher was using something to grip the ball better. And obviously you saw, you know, when they took that away from them, you know, guys were getting hurt. And, you know, we lost, even though I, you know, I'm not a fan of the Tampa Bay Rays. It's like, you know, they lost their ace, Tyler Glass, now in his first start without using it. And, you know, he tore his UCL and now he has to get Tommy John surgery. And unfortunately for them, that cost him his entire 2022 season. Yeah, but how much of that can you really attribute to the pine tar? A lot. Like, you can – I mean, that has so much effect on a baseball, on the spin rate and, you know, how you yeah, can but, throw your pitches. Yeah, but still, the, uh, you can have no pine tar and not throw a pitch and blow your elbow out. Like, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean. It, it's – the pine tar really shouldn't be – it really I shouldn't be dis- – it shouldn't even be a matter of discussion. It, it's just, yeah, no, nah, that shit's cheating. They are going – they're going to find something. 
they're going to find something that's going to help pitchers out that is going to be universal. Yeah, I'm sure they will, but that's not cheating. I just don't know how long it's going to take because they're going to go back and forth with the players and they're going to try something that's going to do absolutely nothing and they're going to say no. And, you know, they're just going to have to keep, like, putting things out. I don't want them to go into a lockdown. And, you know, obviously they, they still have a month. You know, it's November 1st, so they lay have a month until Three tonight days. to figure this out. I think they do. I think they're, you know, the World Series is almost over. Atlanta's up three to two. Hopefully they win tomorrow. Bro, that game last night was freaking bullshit. I mean, I told <laughs> I told you that Houston wasn't going down without a fight, so. And I, and I told you as soon as they got like two runs. Like, I've been waiting. You're not waiting. You're on the phone. Been waiting. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Wait, James, can you James, elaborate welcome. about exactly what's going on? Because I'm like James. So welcome confused. to the podcast, bro. Yeah, he's all the way over there. Can you <laughs> yeah, elaborate you about this lockdown? Because I'm like so confused. Yeah, so there's a six sticky sub substance that players used to be able to use, mainly on pitchers. Right, it would be able to control the grip of the ball and control the spin. Halfway through the year, they took it out. They said pitchers couldn't use it anymore. Pitchers were very irate about it, and they, you know, came out and publicly spoke. Tyler Glass now wound up getting hurt, and he's probably one of baseball's top ten pitchers right now. He's out for the rest of the year. Um, And so between the players and MLB, they're trying to find something that's like, I guess, neutral ground that could work for both sides. Um, so they're going to try to find a substance that everyone can use uh, that is still legal in terms of baseball usage. Um, and they have to figure that out before December 1st. If not, uh, they won't sign a new deal and the league will go into a lockout. And until they that's figure that cool. out, like basically that's all they're waiting on is can they find some type of substance literally for pitchers, like batters really – don't have any say in this is really based on like what the pitchers want at this point. And if they can figure that out before December 1st, there's no need to worry. If they don't, we go into a lockdown. I mean, that's exactly a month away. Right. So they have 30 days to figure something out. Obviously the winter meetings are usually like that second week of December and MLB hasn't booked a, a venue for where they're supposed to hold it with all the owners and the GMs. So that kind of worries me a little bit, knowing that they don't know where they're going to go. And I think that's mainly because they don't know what they're going to find for a substance to use. So I don't want it to end this way. I do think that a lockout is almost inevitable. I don't think it's going to last very long. I think it's going to go a couple weeks maybe, and then they're finally going to find something. I don't think it's going to go crazy long because there are there's so much to talk about this offseason. So many high, highly touted players that, you know, are going to be on the move that they need to get this engine rolling now so that they don't lose fans. Because, you know, the casual fan that, you know, doesn't keep up with that as much, you know, only follows their team or, you know, only follows, you know, the postseason or whatever, you know, they're going to lose interest very quick. And, you know, I don't want to be 
here sitting here in December with a lockout with nothing to talk about. So, you know, Major League Baseball definitely needs to figure something out soon and give them the sticky stuff because it makes the game more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you're talking, I can agree on it, but still, if you need a foreign substance to play a sport, don't fucking bother playing the sport. Like, I mean, if, if you can't use your natural God-given ability to I'm sorry, go out but there perform, every sport has people that use stuff. Yeah, every sport. I know, but still, like, if so, you need, if you rely on it, what the hell are you doing? I mean, people like, just, seriously, what the hell are you doing? You don't people see, use like, it in every sport. It's it's you, but yeah, you don't see guys like LeBron like. Uh, using a for uh, relying on some kind of substance to play well. Uh, I mean, guys like Lamar Jackson or who are good at their sport, like, like LeBron, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady. Uh, you don't see those guys going out there and uh, using some kind of something. You just don't. Like it's, it, it's, and I mean, if they, if they do, they're doing a really freaking bang up job of covering it up, but shit like i i I still don't understand so you're you're against you're against it but do you think i'm just i'm just against using foreign substances try to better your game if you can't better your game by just practicing like just definitely i definitely feel you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars to go out there and play a sport if if we were to look at the best in the world if we were to look at it like this obviously they suspend players who use it for hitting, right? Like steroids and that type of stuff. If the MLB doesn't want them to use it, I guess find something neutral that doesn't necessarily better you, but it's still able to be used. Like whatever it is, if you have to change, change the ball or, you know, I don't know, whatever you have to do, go do it. And then if those people still wind up using the substance, just suspend them like it's that simple like yeah mlb really has all the power here like the players are gonna have to comply one or another and really if they don't then then they could just sit at home and not play if it really comes down to that show you how it goes ask Kyrie irving (laughs) right right (laughs) exactly i mean we don't have that problem in baseball where people won't get their vaccine there's Tons of teams. No, let's out not there. hold on. Let's not talk about that before we get our podcast canceled. <laughs> we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna say that one. We're gonna talk about it for like thirty seconds, and then Fauci and his gang of scientists are coming. Like, yeah, you guys can't talk about that. And they're like, oh yeah. 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 All right. Uh, last thing before we go into final statements. Do the Astros force a game seven? No. No. We no. hate them. No, I think well, I did. I did say on last episode. It depends. It see, depends on who pitches. I did predict the Astros winning in seven. You did. But, I predict. I projected the Braves in six. So. Yeah. So either way, one of us is going to be right. You know. <laughs> Max Max Fried is pitching for the Braves. Who's pitching for Houston? Says TBD. They don't oh, know yet. Shit. So it's going to be interesting. Fried didn't look good in his first game. He got roughed up in game two. But I guess, you know, we'll see tomorrow night. I would love for Atlanta to win because I did pick them to win in six. 
but I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. Yeah. Now I think Houston, again, like I said to you the other day, Houston is going to fight and they're going to be very tough on Atlanta. Um, do I think they come back and win the series? No, but they have a lot on their plate right now and they are trying to overcome what they did a couple years ago and they're trying to rewrite the narrative. No one's ever going to forget that they cheated, but if they can win the whole thing clean, it's going to oh, make them be like, all right, like, hey, like, one. we don't know right. if they're clean. They're definitely clean, bro. They're definitely mm, clean. No, we don't know that. We don't know that. You know, we, yeah, we don't were, know we that. Were, right. We thought they were clean in 2017. But you don't, do you not remember Springer making fun of you while you were up in the damn, <laughs> in the damn stands? Like, oh, that dude man. was literally telling you to fuck off. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think they're clean though. I don't I don't have a problem. Uh, what they robbed us? I have a huge problem. I know they yeah. robbed them. I don't <laughs> I, I don't like I, them. I I despise the Astros, but I don't think I think they've learned their lesson. And no. they are they are so lucky that none of them were suspended. Um, but they're they're all great play. Like, believe it or not, like as much as I hate them. They're all very talented players. And I definitely want Carlos Correa as and our shortstop. Coming next season, if they make if they make the playoffs next year as well, which is more than likely because you know the AL West is not a good division at all. Um, Jose Altuve might become Major League's best postseason player. He's already second all time in postseason homers, and he still has at least a game, if not two, left this year to increase that. And he's only six behind Manny Ramirez for first all time. And he still had, you know, how many bar, of came barring cheating, any though? type of uh, unusual injury to him. How many he of has those a very long cheating? Time. They don't care. Obviously, MLB doesn't care. Rob Manfred didn't care. That's why he didn't give him suspensions. That's why they didn't strip him of the title. They kind of just, you know, patted them on the head, said bad boy, and they moved on. Stupidest decision ever. Yep. If I was commissioner, they would definitely have no title. Uh, I, I, we're not going to talk about this. This is going to make me angry. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much done here. Uh, if you got anything else that you want to talk about that we didn't hit up, you know, say it now or forever hold your peace until next week. Until um, next week. Yeah, until next week. All right. All right. So, you know, just before we end, obviously, if you guys don't follow us, please follow us at Pinstripe Pals on Instagram and Twitter. We have all our podcasts available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and Google. Basically, anywhere that you guys would normally listen to your podcast. Um, If you guys have any feedback or anything that you would like to give us, you guys can hit us up in our DMs, comment below, anything like that. Appreciate all the feedback that you guys have given us. Um, and just, you know, let us know how we're doing, you know, share this with your friends, your family, you know, Yankee fans, anyone that, you know, we're almost and... at 50 subs now. So on anchor. So yeah. Yeah. We're... So, you know, four episodes in, you know, got a lot of support from, you know, people that, you know, uh, we work with people that we're friends with. So, you know, just keep doing your thing, guys. We appreciate all the love, all the support, everything that you guys have done for us, you know, more to come. You know, hopefully the lockdown doesn't, you know, keep us from, you know, bringing, you know, a lot of good news. But if it does, we're still going to be on here. We're going to make some fun. 
you know, Stefan, we definitely want to bring you back on, you know, for sure. some type of uh, trivia night or, you know, some type of like game show or something I want to do and have some fun. But, you know, if, if a lockdown does happen, you know, we're going to make the most of it and, you know, still find ideas to keep you guys entertained during that, you know, bring you guys some, uh, some joy with some type of Yankee news or, you know, Yankee stuff that we can, you know, talk about. But until then, Ian signing off. This is Chris. Catch you later. And All right, boy, guys. Stephon. Have a good one. So, Thanks thank for you coming guys out. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys again Congrats, for everything. Man. We'll see you guys next week. All right. See you next All week. All right, guys. Catch you all next care. week.